Welcome to the Positively Practical Podcast, an adventure in learning with me, Lydia Krupp. This podcast will focus on all the ideas, discussion topics, thoughts, learning opportunities that I come across in my current position in instructional technology. This week, I speak with Janelle and Joe, two people I met through building my personal learning network on Twitter and because they work in a district nearby. And as I've mentioned before, I meet up with a lot of my PLN members at conferences like TCEA. And a couple years ago, that's exactly what happened when I met these two. And we've been messaging back and forth, collaborating. Janelle and I even presented together this year at TCEA. So I'm excited to share their story. So I'll let them take it away. All right. My name is Joe Bodigheimer, an innovative learning design specialist at Silver Springs. I work at the middle school. My name is Janelle Safford and I work with Joe, but I do the elementary. So I have um, K through five for Silver Springs uh, Independent School District also. And this is Northeast Texas. So um, we kind of tag team the district. Cool. Okay, so then um, I guess each of you give me a little bit about your backgrounds and how you ended up in instructional technology. All right. I um, taught my first uh, experience was teaching some middle school. I taught that for a few years and then I taught fifth grade for six years. Um, and during those times, I was involved in technology kind of as more of the local tech help from the teacher side. I was given the title of a technology integrationist as kind of a stipend gig for my job. And then after receiving my master's in curriculum and instruction, um, I started looking more into that field. And at that time, I was living in Minnesota, but I wanted to get to Texas. So I started looking for positions related to that in Texas and found one in Silver Springs. And the past two years, that's what I've been doing. And since I've been involved, it's just been miraculous, the things I've learned and the, the people I've been able to work with. Okay. So my story is kind of long, so hang in, but um, I've been in education since 1992, which makes me really old, but <laughs> I taught for four years. I taught kindergarten for 18 years. Um, I moved on and I became the first instructional technology coordinator in my previous district where I, I was there for two years. Um, I served I now, like I said earlier, I have pre-K through fifth grade, which is six campuses. Uh, we are called Innovative Learning Design Specialist, or ILDS for short. Uh, I just spend my day sharing my passion for education technology. I help teachers. I work with students. I'm in the classrooms. Uh, I, I did go back to school after a long time in the classroom and got my master's degree in uh, education technology. And I don't know, it's just something that I'm a, I have a passion for. I was kind of in the classroom was always that teacher that was always searching for anything that I could help reach and teach students better. And so people kind of depended on me, which led me down this path. But I love what I do. I love who I work with now. It's a great district. That's it. Cool. So I know that I met 
Janelle, I know for a fact I met you at TCEA a couple uh-huh. years ago, and then Joe, I met you because I knew Janelle. <laughs> um, so, and I, one of my favorite things is we're always kind of talking about the different ways our districts set things up and kind of deploy us, I guess, because I, I believe y'all are central as well. Um, but I know, yes, so you, you know, Janelle's elementary, Joe, your middle school. So um, what are, what is a day in the life of what you guys look like normally under normal circumstances? What does that look like in terms of both supporting curriculum and supporting teachers? Well, it's kind of um, like, as you talk about it, it's evolving as we are starting to grow as a team together. Um, for the first couple years, because I have a, just one campus, I spend most of my time on that campus. Um, so that's where I report every day. I'll go to that campus. I'll do it, do stuff I need to do there. And then I'll go to our kind of central admin building to work with the curriculum team there. Um, that's unique for me, for the secondary person as well, for our high school person. They have the same setup. Um, so we, we started at our campuses and then we come to the central admin but we're looking at kind of restructuring that to all start at Central Admin and all branch out from there. Um, and Janelle, you can speak to your setup because it's a little bit different. Yeah, um, our our district, you know, we have a, a fairly new middle school and high school and our elementaries and primaries are all pretty scattered. They're smaller buildings, they're older, smaller buildings. And um, we're actually hopefully at some point are looking to uh, you know, get get some newer buildings. But right now I'm traveling a lot between all, I have six different campuses, pre-K through fifth grade. And so because of that setup, I'm re- I have to have a central place to go to. So I always start out, well, I, I'm not going to say I always start out at admin because many times I'll start out at a, at various campuses, depending on my schedule. But I don't have like a set rotation. I really, if I don't have a campus that I'm starting out with in the morning, I'll go to admin and then it's just kind of, I go where I'm needed. Um, I do have set days that I, I am on certain campuses for various reasons and I'm not going to go into that, but um, it, it's just, and again, like Joe said, you know, we're evolving as a team where just, you know, before we came on, it wasn't as uh, solidified as it is now. They kind of had some people come and go. Uh, Our high school person left. We're in the middle of trying to possibly get a third person for our team. So um, it's just, we're trying to make it work. We're constantly evolving. We do work under the curriculum department. So just like Joe said, that's a constant collaboration between instructional tech and curriculum. So um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a little different, but constantly changing. Yes. So that's something I know Janelle and I, we've spoken about because I too, um, even though I'm part of the instructional technology department as part of the I team, we do still fall under our teaching and learning along with the curriculum side. So, I mean, cause that's, you know, that's what instructional, <laughs> that's what that's all about. Right. So it is interesting. Yeah. I think that's interesting, um, that we all answer to curriculum. I'm, uh, maybe I'll come across someone who actually reports to more of a, like a networking or IT type side. But yes, I think that's important to point out uh, because what we do is curricular. Like that's where we start. 
so I know that you have your campuses you support. And Janelle, I think you and I talked about this when we were planning for TCEA. But um, Joe, when you do support curriculum, do you have a specific um, subject area? Like my background's in ELA. So I usually work with them. Do you have a particular subject you work with? Or do you just go back and forth between all the different subject areas? Uh, we go through all subject areas. So we don't have a a specialty area we go to. I mean, there's only a, a couple of us, so we only have two on our team right now. So it's kind of like we have to do them all. Um, there's definitely ones we feel we we know more about and can help out with more, but that's kind of part of the job too. And I think that's why both of us were selected is because we have the capability to go in and out of any team and really work with them regardless of their content. Yeah, and, and I mean, I would say if, if we are divided at all, it's not specifically really by subject matter, but more by um, just age group, kind of, we're, we're divided <laughs> elementary, secondary. So I my background is, is in elementary, so I tend to handle more of those. And then Joe's background is more middle school. And, you know, I think that Again, in the future, we're we're in talks about possibly uh, having that blend together a little more, also. But it, it's just it's just this thing, and it's and you you know it as well as I do. And and we're a smaller district, so you know it, it's maybe a little newer for us than larger districts. But we're just trying to, we're trying to figure out how to best um, set it up at the at the district level to serve the teachers in the best way that we can. So I think we're kind of experimenting a little bit also. And one thing you okay. you've mentioned too about the um, who we report to and being part of the curriculum, I think that also plays a lot into our titles is as an innovative learning specialist and not necessarily as instructional technology. Um, I think that was an intentional move by them because before us, kind of the transition that we've been told the campus or the district has gone through is they started with campus techs and then went to instructional technologist, but then kind of made that transition to change that title to maybe not have us so much technology focused as we are in lesson design and looking at a more holistic approach and, and balanced approach to, to instruction. Yeah, I really like that too. And it is interesting when it, it sounds silly on the surface, but what you call yourself is incredibly important because there's all sorts of connotations that go with just the word technology with the word digital. Um, I know that when we when we had to rename ourselves and we became the I team, um, the I for like instruction and innovation and then the whole concept of that tech behind it with like iPad and all that other stuff. It was tricky because if you call your if you put stuff like technology in your title, people can can assume you do the networking side, right, or the the help desk or the support side. Um, but you also want people to know that yes, I can support you instructionally, but my angle is technology. Like that's where a lot of my um, that's what I'm going to encourage you to incorporate. So you're right. It, it's really interesting how naming something is is very important and i think that's something else that amazed me too is everybody's called something different with our positions like district to district we all have this different title mm -hmm. which 
I find fascinating. Um, which brings me to the question, if that's the case. So once upon a time, when people said, Lydia, what do you do? I said, I'm an English teacher. And that answered all the questions. Um, so when people approach you guys and say, hey, so what do you do for a living? What's your usual answer? My my right away is, because again, I used to always say I'm a teacher and it's like, I can't really say that now. So I always say, well, I work in education and I support and I teach teachers how to how to use technology and how to improve instructional practices. So that's my my go to usually. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's always similar. It's kind of tricky, honestly, because um, most of the people that will that would ask me that really that this whole job is foreign to them. Um, so I usually try to keep it brief. I usually just kind of say that I work with teachers and students to use technology like within the curriculum. Um, I usually throw in that, that I provide professional development and I help design and offer ideas for you know student learning opportunities using technology. So I don't know. It's I, I almost and, and I also kind of vary how I describe it depending on who I'm talking to. Because a lot of the teachers that I worked with a long time ago were like, hey, what are you doing now? And I'm like, well, it, they're not going to understand that because it's such a new um, concept. It's conceptual almost. So, yeah. Yes. And I think that's interesting, too, because um, I don't know if it'll ever be. Honestly, I, I mean, I'm kind of wondering if we'll ever know exactly how to answer that question, because technology evolves, you know, pedagogy um, even the good practices evolve a bit with changing times. And so I think positions like ours are always going to be a little tricky to define. Um, Joe, I also like to tell people, oh, I'm in education, or I'll say I'm kind of a teacher of teachers. Uh, I guess it just is interesting to me because I, I think the idealist in me thinks that that just barely scratches the surface of what we really do. But yeah, you're right, Janelle, depending on the audience, they may not need to hear every single thing we right. do, yeah. they may not be that interested. Okay. So then um, something y'all absolutely love about your current role and a misunderstanding you wish you could fix about your current role. One thing I absolutely love is the, uh, the flexibility that we have to, to go all out and 110% into a project that we're working on. Um, being from the classroom, I think any teacher can relate to there's all these good ideas, but it's so hard with such limited time to go out and, and really invest in it and bring it through all the way you wanted it to. But I think our position allows us to help teachers do that and we get to help follow through and make sure they work and, and all that stuff. So I really like that aspect of my role. And the, the big misunderstanding, um, and it's something we've dealt with a lot and I think we'll continue to deal with, is that the stuff we're doing in Janelle loves this word and it's, it's something that it's the, we are the fluff of education and it's, it's, we're not, the thing, we're not fluff, we're not the extras, we're not, it's, it's really, what we do is so impactful. It can have such a difference on education and we really just want to bridge that gap to let people understand that it's not just about doing something fun or cool or different. It's, about incorporating a higher learning strategy that'll help our kids in the future. Yeah, um, yeah, we we battle that a lot with, um, you know, it's and it's a it's a misunderstanding. Again, I have to, I just have to 
come back to the fact that it is so new, this, this whole idea of innovation and, and looking at things in a different way. And, you know, you ask me kind of what is my favorite thing about my role? And, you know, I really try, try to look into myself and say, okay, why do I like this so much? Because I am so passionate and I love what I do so much that it's almost over the top sometimes. <laughs> I've been told that. But um, one of the reasons that I like it is because I seriously always needed a challenge. I get bored easily. And this is something that, like you said earlier, it's constantly changing. It's fast moving. I have a really busy mind. I, I don't really know how else to say that other than it's just a constant, um, all the time thinking of ways that things could be done in a different way. I, I don't really like the status quo just for the, just for the sake of the status quo, which and whenever you look at innovation, I think that that is kind of the very nature of what we're doing. And the other thing is I really consider myself to be a very service oriented person by nature. Like That's kind of my love language. I've said that before. I love, love, love to help people. So when you combine all of that, um, that truly kind of is a nutshell of what I do. Uh, the misunderstandings, like Joe said, are basically, you know, people thinking we're IT, but I, I actually put another one on here. And another big misunderstanding that we're getting into right now is I think that our district, we're just now in the journey of having this um, moving away from the established culture that we've always had, that many school districts have, where it's kind of the command and control, the managerial, and and I, and we are definitely moving away from that, and I think that's awesome. But we are not to the to a coaching coaching culture yet, and I think that the misunderstanding that happens a lot is teachers not seeing me as a person to help them achieve their goals. But right now, it's kind of like solve their problems, tell me what I need to do. So I think that's a culture thing that we're working on as a district. And I and I'm looking forward to us, you know, developing that more also. Yeah, I think it's great. I think everything you said, yeah, like people that was my that was my battle a long time ago when Joe mentioned the fluff, like people saw instruction in one lane and tech in another lane and the two paths should not cross. And I'm like, no, no, they're all one and the same. That was one thing that I, I looked at a long time ago for a long time, then it became kind of this networking. I'm not networking. I'm not, you know, the, the side that can fix the printer. I'm, I, you know, and so that's, but I think, Janelle, you're, you're kind of, you kind of hit what I've slowly started moving towards as well. This idea that like um, the whole shift, I'm here to help us shift that mindset of what education can be. Um, because uh, as much as I'd love to tell you what I think a good idea is, you you know, teachers need to discover that for what's best for their kids. And I, I am there to cheer them on and to support them. So that's kind of my thing, too, is you're right. I think so many teachers just want it handed to them for whatever reason. We're used to it. Um, one of my thing I hate hearing is, but it's always been done this way. And I'm like, I don't care. Um, but yes, I like what both of you guys said. This whole tech is not extra, and it, it's here to help us shift and change um, education and what that can mean. So yes, I like I like that. And to yeah. just 
to, to reiterate, one of the other things is it's the, of course, that that's the way it's always been done. That's always going to be an issue because you're dealing with um, something that's gone on the same way for, you know, decades. But then the other one is the compliance attitude of, and, and I did this, teachers just want, they tend to be pleasers by nature. And so they're like, just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. And they will. But it's like that mindset also needs to change in that it's not something you tick off. It's something that you grow over time. And, and you know, you set these little goals and you accomplish these little these little things along the way. It's a continuous thing. It's not something you you achieve and move on. And I think that is really foreign to a lot of um, people in general, not just teachers. That's it's just something that we're having to change um, our mindset. You're yeah, exactly what you said. Oh, so with that, then yes, all of that I agree. But this we basically took these people pleasing teachers who like to check things off a list, and we have shoved everybody in their homes, and we've said, well, now you don't have a choice. This is where you're at. So how has at home learning? How has this? either changed your roles or how people view your roles or reach out to you for support? I think it has really made us more essential to the district. Um, I <laughs> talked about earlier, like some of the stuff we do, a lot of people see as optional, but now they're at a point where it's not optional that we have the things that we have been going over for the past couple of years, the looking at our dig digital spaces and, um, just different ways of providing assignments to students. Now that is the need. There is a, a huge need for it. And it's it's just really been accented by what's been going on lately. Yeah, I, I would say that we definitely have a captive audience. <laughs> because they are, they're needing it. And of course, we all know that in when when people need something, it's going to expedite it. Of course, I think I've I've said this before to others that I think this has moved um, the teacher's abilities and skills as far as just incorporating technology. I think it's moved it ahead five or ten years in a very short amount of time, just simply because we've had to. Um, we were one-to-one -to, -one to begin with, so it, it, that's not going to be the case for everyone, but I do definitely think that, I, I don't know, how, and I know this is another question, I don't know how it's changed our role, but I, I definitely know how it's changed our um I think it's I think it's going to carry over and I think instruction in general will look different because it's forced a lot of teachers to increase these skills and I think they they're also having these aha moments that you know like I've and I've, they've actually sent me messages saying oh my gosh I I love that we're using Seesaw as our platform and they're just you know I've tried to push Seesaw for years and and they're sending me messages I can't believe how much I love this and I'm so, so sorry I didn't listen to you. And, you know, and so it, it's something that could have never happened this quickly in a, in a natural way, but it's truly advanced that for sure. You know, we were very much on the, the belief that a lot of what is stopping um, some of the things that we're wanting to see in the classrooms, just because we know the impact it could have 
is that teacher efficacy and, and proficiency with technology and something like this, it is just like Janelle said, it's just, it's rapidly moved it forward. Um, so much to the point that we were looking at kind of developing some technology proficiency instruction for our staff. And now we're looking at, okay, how do we need to change that because of how much further a lot of our teachers are going to be now. So it really is, I think, helping push us forward. That's actually a good point and something that didn't even occur to me. You're right. We've spent so much time on how to basics, right? For just trying to get teachers to try something. And now they're past that. They, they are trying. And so what does training look like from here on out um, for these teachers? Because they're all going to roll in, hopefully, um, in August, and we can't sit and do, you know, Google and Chrome Basic. Well, that's what we do a lot of, um, we're G, G Suite for Ed, so we do a lot of, you know, Google and Chrome Basics, or here's how you set up a classroom, and that's not where we need to focus anymore, because they'll have that. So that's mm -hmm. actually a really good point to bring up. This did speed up a lot of them trying this stuff out, and so, yeah, that's definitely something to think about. So with that, um, any advice, recommendations, or anything like that you'd like to offer teachers who are now navigating online learning? Um, my basic piece of advice, and it's probably something they hear a lot, is it is just about taking one step at a time from wherever you are. So it doesn't matter if you are tech illiterate or if you were the proficient master, just take one step at a time moving into it. But the big thing is you have to keep walking. You have to keep taking steps. Um, I think in this situation, especially being at home, it can feel easy to get caught up into what you're doing. Okay, that's good. So I'm just going to give my three lessons a week and they're going to do this, this, and this, and that's good. We'll just do that for the rest of the year. But take this time to each week, take another step, take another step, keep building on it. Um, don't worry about scaring your kids necessarily. I think most of us understand they'll they'll adapt if we provide the instruction they'll be fine but just take that step one more step each week and keep building you'll be better for it in the end so yeah and a, a couple of one of the major things that i hope and i truly I already see it happening in ours is the, in our district is that you know right now teachers are taxed with um, providing instruction and, and we're lucky because our district is not being like mandating grades or certain amount of time or anything like that. They're, we're being very relaxed about this, which thank goodness. And I'm thankful for, because I think that's what families need right now. But um, I would also like to say that to make sure that they're using the tools that we have available to really communicate and connect over assignments and grades. That's one of the things. And, you know, keep it simple. Don't overload yourselves. I mean, I agree with Joe that they need to take, keep, keep moving forward. But I know sometimes um, you, they may be getting really excited about all this new stuff and, and it's easy to overload yourself also. So I think there's just kind of this balance between keeping it simple and, um, something that parents and families can handle and also, you know, moving forward and, and just making sure that you're connected and communicating with families. I think that's, that's really good advice for teachers right now. I'm going to throw one more piece of advice in there. Cause as, as I was listening to Janelle, I just started thinking again. Um, I think this is now the best opportunity when we start looking at 
okay, what is instructional tech and how can it, what can it do for education is for our teachers to real or remember and try to practice that the stuff we send to our students, the lessons we are sending out, you should ne- you should not be trying to replicate what you would do in the classroom in this time. You should really be looking at, okay, how can I make this learning opportunity different? How can I make it more applicable for my students? And how can I really change the impact it's going to have on my student lives? It's, it's really a great time, especially for us. Like there's not a lot of weight on the assignment for the kids. So it's really about the learning. How can we change the learning for the students? How can we make it more meaningful for them? I think this is the best time to do that for us right now. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I know we're all like cheering. Yes, I think that's been my biggest thing too. I've been trying to, um, I mean, I've probably been annoying about it to some people, but I've been trying to emphasize, you know, learning is not going to be the same. Kids are not getting up and going into a school building where the structure and academics of that, you know, are provided. This is different. You have parents who may still be going to work, who are trying to work in the home. And so, yes, rethinking learning. Um, a couple things in my own district that I, I really respect was that our superintendent, like right off the bat, she said there was learning that was before spring break and there is learning that is after spring break and neither or they're, they're just not the same. They're, they're very different. They, we, and she, we even rolled things out more slowly. We did a week of, of online support for teachers. And then we've had a couple of weeks of, you know, choice boards and just basically um, let's get familiar with communicating and platforms and what it could look like. And then I think we actually start returning to, um, I don't want to say hardcore curriculum, but like the, the necessary curriculum bits this upcoming week and, and and my district too has been very patient in terms of grades and what is technically a grade and all that and you're right I think that with that pressure off teachers can take more risks and they can try new things and and that's been my big do it now do it now like there's no there's no testing so you don't have to worry about that and and you know and it is going to look different yeah and it, it'll hopefully transfer my hope and and I think that it will because I tend to to think hopefully that it's going to move this way, but that those risks that they're small risks that they're taking now, but that that will transfer that mindset will transfer over next year when we come back and, you know, have a regular, or, or that's my hope. I always have my fingers crossed whenever that happens. I just hope that this mindset will shift a little bit that we can do things a little bit differently and it doesn't have to look like it did the previous year. So essentially teachers now have this environment that they that's going to encourage a little more risk no matter how small and I know what you mean because I even told just hope we we shift we change just enough minds because I don't want this to also become like oh no tech is something we did while we were all stuck at home we're back at school now so we're going to go back to to books and and worksheets you know what I mean like and here's the big question the, the big tricky tricky question if you had to define what instructional technology, digital learning, any of that is in, but it's what it is in one to three sentences. What would you say? Okay. Um, <laughs> no pressure, Joe. <laughs> I really define it as the evolution of education. It's it's what education needs to look like moving forward. The, the future we're looking at and everything this is kind of what has to happen in order for it to be 
applicable to their future and to make it meaningful for our students in their lives. So. Um, I mean, I, that is a really loaded question. So uh, just bear with me because I'm going to try to get this in in three sentences. <laughs> um, you know, you know that, that I'm a huge blended learning proponent. And one of the reasons that I love blended learning so much is because it's an avenue to that uses technology as a way to deliver um, learning to students that is is that feels personalized. That it's something that we can adjust um, what we're doing to bring this to students in to meet them where they are, basically. So you know, I I want it. I hope that it's being defined as still really high quality teaching and the, the material is high quality. The teaching, the pedagogy is all really high quality, but um, it, we're able to bring that to students in various ways that A, is engaging, but I hope we're not stopping at engaging. I want it to also be meeting their needs. I want it to be something that encourages, you know, the collaboration and communication and critical thinking skills that they're going to need. So that's not three sentences, but boy, that's, that's what I'm hope. That's my hope for what instructional technology or digital learning is and will become and is continuing to evolve into. Excellent answers. Both of you. I like it. I like it. Yes. So I'm getting these answers and hopefully when all is said and done at, at the end of this first season of my podcast, I'll have a nice solid definition that'll probably change by next year. Cause that's just the nature of this, but yes. Excellent. Okay. So what else, what else would you like to share that I didn't ask about or that you're very passionate about that you just want to throw out there? I would just want to throw in there. Um, thank you for, for what you're doing with this podcast. I think, one of our duties as instructional techs or innovative learning design specialists is to promote and push this idea that we have that education, you know, we need to change it. We need to keep moving forward. We need to evolve. And by you taking the the step to do something like this, you're helping push that message and, and get a better shared understanding of what it is we do and why we do what we do every day. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion on, why districts invest so much money into all these positions for for these if if they don't understand truly what we're trying to accomplish and what we need to do so by you stepping out there and spreading this message i think you're just helping to to move us all forward well thank yeah, you and, yeah and lydia i also sort of along the same line i was going to I, I love the fact that the premise of this, hopefully, and I think it is, people that are working in the trenches in school districts all the time, like, you know, we're not authors, we're not celebrities, we're not, the, I, I love to hear from other people that are doing my job that are just plugging along, and I, I want to hear their thoughts, and I want to hear their answers to these questions. And I love the fact that hopefully this podcast is going to be a, a represent, representation of the common instructional technology, digital learning specialists, whatever, 
job that's out there because I think that hopefully we'll look back at the back at the end of this and say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to learn from this. And that's similar to mine, or I, I can pick up something from this. And hopefully we can also help a lot of other people that are doing what we're doing that are, that are kind of in limbo in the same way that we are. So that was kind of what I had um, for my answer also, but so Joe kind of stole mine, but that's okay. Cause what that means. <laughs> So, thank you, Joe. Know. Thank you, Janelle. You're very welcome. I thank appreciate you. you giving this opportunity. Okay, well, I'm going to say goodbye and okay. I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye. Bye. I thoroughly enjoyed going beyond the fluff, as it were, with Janelle and Joe this week. Lots to think about. Loved many of the ideas they put forth. I'm already starting to connect back to a few ideas in past weeks. So thank you again for joining me this week. I would love to connect. Please feel free to reach out via Twitter at EduCroup at E-D-U-C-R-O-U-P-E. Or you can visit the podcast website, which is podcastingcroup.blogspot.com. Podcasting Group. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-C-R-O-U-P-E dot blogspot dot com. And I'll meet you right back here next week for my next interview.